Long ago in ancient Mesopotamia, a civilization laid the foundations for Christianity, but in ways one might not expect. Hosts Denise and Buddy Wood go on a spiritual and thought-provoking journey, uncovering and exploring some of Christianity's hidden truths. Join us as we unveil and explore the mystery that is the remnants of Ur. Welcome to Remnants of Ur. My name is Denise Wood. And my name is Buddy Wood. And over the past seven episodes, we spent a lot of time examining the spiritual kingdom of God. And Christ preached that the kingdom of God is at hand and then demonstrated what that meant by doing the works of God. Jesus tried to pass on this spiritual knowledge to the disciples who were supposed to do greater things than our Lord because he was going to the Father. However, after Christ died, the disciples went backward and formed a blood-sacrificial religion, and the great works of the kingdom of God eventually disappeared. We believe that God is calling true disciples today to spiritually enter in at that straight gate that Christ showed us to continue his work of demonstrating God's compassion to a dying world. This is episode 26, entitled, Lamb of God and coincides with chapter 14 of the book, Remnants of Ur. It is true that we believe that God is calling disciples today, and things are very different than they were 2,000 years ago, because today women will have a huge part in this spiritual movement. 34 years ago, God had me turn to Jeremiah 31:22 and start reading. The passage read, How long will you go about, O thou backsliding daughter? For the Lord hath created a new thing in the earth. A woman shall compass a man. It was at that time that God showed me that women will be leaders during the latter reign. We will tell the story of the woman with the alabaster box who heard the voice of God that Christ was going to be murdered when the disciples could not hear it. And she was actually criticized by them as she obeyed God to anoint the Lord for his burial. That was 34 years ago. Then 16 years ago, God spoke to my spirit to write a book entitled Remnants of Ur to express his views on blood sacrifice. It was then that God clearly showed me that Jesus was never a blood sacrificial lamb. And now is the time for us to shout it from the rooftop sound the alarm, and let God's people know that you cannot enter into the kingdom of God believing the lie that our Father sacrificed His beloved Son. Jesus taught His disciples in the Sermon on the Mount how to trust God as a loving Father who would feed them like the birds of the air and clothe them like the lilies in the field. Why? Just to have them turn around and watch that caring father orchestrate the bloody, sadistic torture of his beloved son? That is really sick thinking. It is true that God knew that Christ would be murdered, as they had murdered many others who came before him. And he knew that many would benefit from the death of Christ by showing us who the enemy is. The enemy is the spirit of religion. And the death of Christ was supposed to open our eyes and redeem us from the bondage of religion. So when you say it was God's will for the murder of his son, you speak 
a lie. Hosea put it very well in chapter 7, verse 13, when he wrote, Though I have redeemed them, they have spoken lies against me. The Lamb of God was not sacrificed by his loving Father, but instead Jesus represented peace and was murdered by vicious wolves in order to silence him from speaking the words of God that threatened their religious kingdom. It was never God's will for Christ to die, but instead for the religious leaders to repent and recognize Christ for who he was, the Messiah. So how did the belief that Christ was a human sacrifice get started? The answer is simple. John the Baptist loudly proclaimed Christ as the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And the primary purpose for a lamb in first century Jewish Palestine was to be used as a blood sacrifice for the atonement of sin. It was an easy assumption in their culture. If John the Baptist had been correct in his announcement, Christ would have said so. Instead, Jesus, speaking to his disciples later, honored John as the greatest prophet that ever lived. But then he said, however, whoever is least in the kingdom of God is greater than him. John did not have a full understanding of the kingdom of God like Jesus did. As great of a prophet as John was, he only got a peek at what the kingdom of God really was. So pertaining to Jesus being a blood sacrificial lamb, let's think this through. If God spoke blatantly through Isaiah and Jeremiah about his displeasure in blood sacrifice, and he halted Abraham's attempts to sacrifice Isaac, Do you think that God changed his mind about blood sacrifice after speaking so clearly through the prophets and that he stopped Abraham from sacrificing Isaac because God wanted to be the first one in biblical history to sacrifice a son? No. This has been the biggest lie ever told and has been passed on for 2,000 years and presented as the gospel of Christ. This is not the gospel that Christ preached. His message was good news. The kingdom of God is at hand. Christianity presents God as an evil force to the world. And to make it worse, people rejoice at the heinous demise of our precious Lord so that they can receive a free gift to have their sins erased. Let me ask you, what kind of ethical person would be glad that an innocent person was killed in their place? It is so wrong, and Christians tell the people of the world that they are going to hell unless they accept this lie as the truth. It is outrageous. They are condemning the world. When Christ clearly said, you are the salt, Mm -hmm. if the salt has lost its savor, it is good for nothing but to be cast out. He never told that to the people of the world. No, he didn't. They just got everything backwards. They don't get it. The world is the roast. They're supposed to be the salt, and the salt will be cast out. They're not going to throw away a good roast. That's right. 
And God has clearly shown Buddy and I that God is going to destroy the kingdom known as the Christian religion. And it is my hope that people will come out from among them and be spared. Please hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Jesus Christ was never a sacrificial lamb. He was a lamb representing the Prince of Peace sent by God. And we were supposed to listen to his words and do what he says to do. It's truly that simple. And lastly, I just want to discuss that if Christ was to be a sacrificial lamb, his actions and words during the Last Supper would have symbolized it. But instead, they're exactly opposite. In Mark chapter 14, it is recorded that as they did eat, Jesus took bread, divided it, and passed it out to the disciples. He said, eat, this is my body. Then Christ took the cup and gave it to them, and they all drank of it. And he said unto them, This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many. Interestingly, Matthew says that it was shed for many for the remission of sins. Luke says shed for you, and John omits the scene altogether. The term shed throughout the Bible is always associated with murder. Righteous Abel's blood was shed, and the prophet's blood was shed. The word testament in the Greek is covenant, or testament like a final will and testament. Christ is saying to his disciples that his blood is his last will and testament for them to know that Jesus was murdered for the benefit of them. Why would it benefit them? So they could see who the enemy is. It's the spirit of religion. The words and actions of Christ were symbolic. If he were demonstrating himself as a sacrificial lamb, the cup of wine representing his blood would have been presented first. He would have sprinkled it and poured it out beside a virtual altar to sanctify it. He would not have asked his disciples to drink it. In Jewish law, it is strictly forbidden for anyone to drink the blood of a sacrificial animal, or any blood for that matter, ever. It is absolutely taboo. Next, if he were symbolizing himself as a sacrificial lamb, the bread representing his body would have been offered secondly and put into the fire. It was the burnt offering that was used to connect sinful people to a holy God, and that particular type of sacrifice was never eaten. Rather, the whole animal was offered up completely to God. Christ was symbolically communicating to his disciples that he was not a sacrificial lamb. But just like his disciples did not know, that he was about to be murdered, they did not get Christ's symbolic final will and testament of the Last Supper. They were spiritually blinded by their cultural influences. You know, I was just reading the Bible yesterday. I was reading the book of John. And in John, Jesus is speaking to the uh, multitudes. And he's telling them that they have to 
drink his blood and eat his flesh in order to enter the kingdom of heaven. And I'm thinking to myself, why in the world would he be saying that? And I think it's for because everybody left. Yeah. They all split. And the only ones left were the 12. And Jesus says, well, y'all going to leave too? And, and their reply was, well, Lord, where else would we go? You are the one who holds the words of life. And so it's very interesting that prior to the Last Supper, Christ would use, would say the very same thing that he said at the Last Supper to the multitudes. So my question is, is like, was he trying to convey to the multitudes that I am not a sacrificial lamb as well? You know, I, I don't know, but it's interesting that he would use that same terminology toward the multitudes, that something that would normally only be conveyed to the select 12. Yeah, and because of their culture and it being taboo, they have an aversion to blood in their laws, and it was yeah, they don't but, touch blood, they don't. Yeah, certainly that's why don't the drink blood. Left at that point. That, that, yeah, was that more chased than they could hear. that chased him off, and it might have been that he knew that he was going to be taken by the religious leaders and Pilate, and those people that had followed him probably would have risen up to try to intervene. Yeah, but they did it on the Sabbath. Too. Yeah, that's something we thought about the other day is how sneaky the Pharisees and the religious leaders were. They knew that if they took him during the Passover and during the Sabbath, because that particular Passover happened to fall on a Sabbath, there would be none of his followers out because in their culture, they all go into their houses and, and rest. First of all, the day before they're cooking and preparing, and then the day of the Sabbath, they're resting in their homes. Yeah. They're not, they wouldn't be out following Christ. So that was the day the scribes and Pharisees chose to kidnap him and, and, uh, and, and sentence him to death. And they did it quickly. It was a very fast trial yeah. and crucifixion. Yeah. They snuck in there and did it as quickly as they could. Yeah, and there's more to come on that. Oh yeah. <laughs> we got we got some goodies on that stuff right there, guys. That's all for this episode. Thanks for joining us. If you're interested, our book, Remnants of Ur, is available on Amazon. If you have any questions or comments, our email is remnantsover at gmail.com. <laughs>